Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for the new sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, August the 16th. The Cavaliers are three weeks, two weeks and change, two weeks and change as I look at the calendar, um, from opening the uh, 2023 football season. Um, could be a little bit of a rocky start to start. Uh, a rocky start to start. There you go. That's quality audio, folks. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about the forthcoming season um, and get into some other UVA stuff. I've got it. Uh, I gave uh, Dave and Ferber the week off this week, and this is like their last like preseason or summer uh, week or whatever. So I figured we we'd switch it up one more time before we got into the grind that will be uh, football season and basketball season and hell and the baseball season and everything that comes after that. So we've got some some interesting uh, stuff ahead for you tonight, I'm sure. Um, hopefully you'll have a good time, and um, hopefully hopefully we'll do this again down the road unless I massively screw it up. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, in Charlottesville, Kyle Matus is back on the show. How's it going, my friend? I'm well, Brad. Thanks for having me back. Uh, would have been a little embarrassing not to be invited back, so this is a, a ringing endorsement of our previous pod that I will take. <laughs> No, I think you. I think the people very much enjoyed having you. Uh, I think they very much enjoyed m- most of your takes. Um, you know, I, I didn't hear anything specific that I needed to like bring you in front of the uh, group and ring the shame bell as you walk me down the town square being tarred and feathered. So you're good. But no, I'm glad to have you back, and also glad to have Macon Gunner. Who, if you guys know Macon, he is. Uh, he, I know Macon mostly through his work with Virginia Sports Radio back in the day. Um, Macon was the guy who would walk into the press conference and and wait, make make us wait until radio was ready for Tony to start his presser. Um, and I just want to tell you that the number of people in the room that give that guy crap because they're they're ready to go, especially if coach is sitting there, right? Like they're ready to go. And Macon just kind of stand there, just wait, just wait, just wait. Um, that's a thankless job and he did it very well in addition to all of the other duties assigned. And now he's on the green light pod with Chris Long. Macon, welcome to the podcast. How are you, sir? Thanks, Brad. I'm doing well. I so appreciate your saying that because nobody, it was 13 years worth of walking coach, coaches, Leto and Bennett to pressers. And nobody saw that, that grinding hard work. There was, uh, there was one night where I walked Coach Bennett from our locker room uh, to the press room, and Dave Kane, our radio play-by-play voice, could not hear me. So I'm saying, we're ready. We're ready. Jeff White's sitting there with the first question. We're ready. We're ready. And then eventually, Dave is just doing ad reads and whatnot, and Coach Bennett takes the mic, Mr. Perfect, and says, uh, I think we're ready and brings the house down with laughter, uproarious <laughs> laughter at my yeah. expense. And uh, yet it was the most help- helpless feeling in the world, lost at sea when uh, nobody could hear me. I think I ended up just running out courtside to say, toss it to toss it to the gadfly, Mr. White, because we're ready to go. <laughs> you were gone before the COVID season, right? You had, you had, uh, you had hung up your, uh, your, um, your audio, I don't know, your monitors yeah. or whatever. Because I'd, that was fascinating because we had the kid we, we would have the radio folks in the stands with us and the kids would be on the on the floor. And so they'd have to do these like hand signals of everything, um, which was just one of those other weirdness, one of those other weird things about that season that I don't yeah, obviously nobody ever got to see. Yeah, I did a few football games during the COVID year, but I like to say I hung it up with a national title in basketball and an orange bowl in football. Hell of a way um, to go out. Hell, I should have done the same thing, you know? Yeah, for the most part, that's true. There were a couple of uh, COVID football games in there. But, yeah, I, um, I've i committed these two numbers to memory, unfortunately. 13 years traveling with UVA football, the Hoos went uh, 65 and 94 while I was Dave's spotter and stack guy. The, the lowest person on the travel team totem pole, to be sure, and even with all those losses, I, I managed to love every second of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I make jokes, but it's a, it's a lot of fun to, especially if you, you know, like we did grow up pulling for them. Um, obviously you went there, um, you know, you have indelible memories throughout, not just your childhood, but obviously, you know, your college days and then to, to work in that sort of 
realm and be able to do what you did for so long and, you know, to have the experiences that you had. I mean, you know, I make a joke about 2019, but it was just an incredible ride. And Kyle and I talked a lot about that when he was on because, you know, throughout that whole season, I think the thing, you know, that really stands out to me and, 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 and it's never, you know, you're never going to replicate it no matter what happens. Like they could win another one. And that one would have its own, its own feel, its own vibe. But certainly to have been around UVA sports for as long as I, at least I had going into those seasons and then to see the success that they had and be along for that ride and to talk to the kids and coaches and stuff and sort of be there, you know, it, it's just, it's one of those, um, it's one of those things that you, you can't, it's hard to explain and impossible to replicate. Right. And I, I know, you know, you just mentioned 60, what'd you say? 65 and 94. 65 and 94. Whew, that's uh, that's a lot, and that I, that includes trips to Hattiesburg, uh, Fort Worth, Boise, uh, uh, Bloomington a couple of times. East Hartford. Hey, but that Boise trip times. wasn't bad though. That Boise trip. Boise was, trip ended up being fun. Um, yeah. Talk about talk about lightning made. in a bottle. Um, and and hmm. Boise is beautiful, but yeah, you're right. Nothing nothing will compare to Minneapolis and in the year 2019. Kyle, I don't know. Did I tell the story when you were on and we were talking about 2019 and sort of uh, me going back and forth between Louisville and Indiana? Cause I was like staying in a, uh, in a room in Indiana. <laughs> yes. and, uh, I, you know, I, I still think that like as much fun as I had in Minneapolis and I had a really good friend of mine, Will uh, shout out to Will. It was his birthday yesterday or day before. So shout out. Happy birthday. Hope, hope it was a good birthday. Will. Um, who lives who lives in um, the greater Minneapolis area was kind enough to let me stay there, which you know made a huge impact, made everything a lot easier for me. He carted me around, um, but I, I, you know all of those stops to me have these like memories, right? These like you know um, these little bits and pieces. Like I remember how hard it rained um, the day before the Elite Eight game, right? Um, and like walking around, I went to the Ali Museum, and it's just like a bunch of like just n- n- like randomness that that matters if that makes any sense it's almost like because it's attached to this you know huge moment in my life huge moment in my career like these things you know they sort of just attach hopefully though you know tony and, and crew can get back there hopefully you know we'll we'll get to ride again uh so to speak now it's in terms of riding again the, you know i mentioned before the football season will be here soon cavaliers open up with tennessee um, it's a it's a daunting task to open up the 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 season uh, against a an SEC team that's not Vanderbilt. Um, no matter what year you're doing it, but especially when you're trying to replace as much as UVA is trying to replace, and certainly given everything that happened at the end of last season and the tragedy um, that that ended their season, you know there's there's obviously a lot that goes into getting this thing going. Um, you know you wonder about um, you know in, in good times, right? You're worried about position groups and you know you're worried about newcomers and you're worried about you know scheme tweaks and that kind of stuff and then you know for UVA going into the season there's just so much more than that the place I wanted to start with you guys and and Kyle I'll go with with you first in terms of the big picture how how nice is it going to be to watch the team play real actual football again given you know everything um, not just those kids have been through but the families folks are you know attached to the program and fans like Given everything that's happened, you know, in the last what nine months, um, how is how how nice is it going to be? Even if they even if they get the crap beat out of them, right? Uh, how nice is it going to be to just watch real football again? Yeah, I think it's going to be cathartic or anything else. Uh, personally, I've bottled up a lot of the emotions that have come in the last nine ten months um, and haven't they haven't fully released. And and I'm a tend to be pretty emotional when it comes to the who's. Uh, and uh, whether it's a kickoff in Nashville that I, I decided I'm not going to go to uh, or the James Madison game here in Charlottesville, which obviously I will. The first time the band plays or when that intro kicks off on, I assume we're on ABC or whatever at noon. Um, when the music hits, it's it's going to be a feeling I've probably not experienced around sports before. And I'm hoping that by the second or third drive, a lot of that will go away. We're just watching football again, even though that – will never be the case uh, for the University of Virginia's football team, uh, at least not for a generation or so. Yeah. Um, 
But man, uh, I, I am looking forward to it. I, I haven't had that. Golly, it's almost football season. I get to go to Scott Stadium and root on the Who's. That, that honestly hasn't hit yet because there's just so many question marks um, across the roster and, and with the new coaches. It feels a little bit like year one, even though it isn't because so many of the key players, uh, virtually all our receivers, uh, Sands, Field, um, Fields, and and obviously Musket being new, I, I just don't know what to expect. So I don't know how to feel other than that catharsis that I think that I'm going to feel uh, at kickoff of that first one, both on television uh, and at Scott Stadium. Megan, I, obviously, as somebody who has, you know, worked with the kids and understands a lot about, you know, I mean, hell, you, you, you're you on a podcast with one of your best friends and a, and a former player. Um, there's a lot that obviously goes into getting ready for a season. There's obviously a lot of folks who have a lot that sort of is dependent, right, on um, not just the success of the team, but the the games themselves. And, and there's a lot that goes into that on the university side. Um, you know, one of the, I made a you know a joke earlier about sort of, you know, you stand in the room and kind of wait, you know, keeping the, the jackals at bay a little bit. Right. Um, because, you know, we're all chomping at the bit to ask a question. We want to, everybody wants to get in father stories, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not, it, it's not that, that folks in that position who are doing the different jobs for the university, it's not saying that those jobs are, always hard or whatever, but it, it certainly was for a lot of folks, you know, to end last season, as you look back on that and sort of look ahead, um, I, I, we talk a lot about the players and their emotions, right? I can imagine too, for support staff or folks who are, you know, involved with the program, that that is a piece that will not get covered, right? Nobody's really thinking about, you know, what the, um, what the video folks or what the, um, you know, Jeff or in the, uh, and Jim and those folks are, you know, like kind of feeling, but there's going to be a lot wrapped up in that too, right? Like I can imagine for somebody like you who did that job, that this is, this is a, this is a pretty Herculean task. You want to think that like, you just try to go to work and you try to do your job. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you knew these kids, you understood the pain for everybody who is left to, to honor their memory. I, I can imagine that going into something like that, it would be really difficult for folks who, like I said, we don't really hear a lot about, right? Yeah, I think Kyle's right. I think cathartic is is gonna is 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 the name is the word. I think it's gonna be part of the grieving process, you know. And hopefully, one of the last parts for a lot of people will never forget Lavelle and Devin and Deshaun. But I think it's important for these kids, especially, to know it's okay to go out there and and have fun and do right. the thing you love and right. Uh, play ball and likewise for people who are around the team you know uh, as you all are I'm on a bunch of text threads where UVA fans just talk UVA sports year round and at the end of last year uh, November 22 there were a lot of people saying a, a lot of people who work in the athletic department just saying man I hope we don't play you know, it's it's totally up to them. The kids should do what they want, but I'm just not ready. You know, I, I can't imagine that that they're going to be ready to go. And in hindsight, I think it was absolutely the right call not to play those final two games. And, um, um, you know, you, now that nine months have passed, it, it doesn't quite feel totally right to strap on the helmet and go play ball. But it's it's time, you know. These guys, their careers at Virginia are, are only but so long, and um, their career should not be defined by the tragedy. That's not fair to them. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's um, it's 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 exciting. Um, we'll we'll get that bit in our stomachs before kickoff, even if we are thirty point dogs. Um, <laughs> the Hoosel the Hoosel trot out there, and and we'll put everything we have into it too. Yeah. I've been thinking I was, I was driving the other day and I was thinking like everybody and their brother expects us to just get pummeled. Right. And one of the great parts about that is that it's, it's, it's freeing, right. When, when, when the world tells you that you're, I did not mean to just click into Herman Boone there. Um, but when the world tells you that, you know, you're, you're, you're going to lose, um, there's a, there's a certain amount of freedom as a player, I think that comes with that. And, this, this might sound counterintuitive, but in a way, I'm almost like happier that the game is expected to, you know, like the it's the opponent, the situation, all that fun stuff. Because if this was like a, 
you know, you got to come out and hit every, you know, whatever, whatever, and you got to look this and that, and it's going to be like some referendum on the rest of the season. That's a very different thing to try to get up for when there is so much else, right, that you're carrying with you into that stadium. Um, I guess one of the positives is, is that there are a fair number of transfers on this team, guys, who clearly, you know, they feel for their current teammates. They understand um, a lot of what happened, but they weren't, they weren't there. They didn't know those kids and they didn't experience that fear. They didn't experience that um, just total, you know, um, trauma, right? The way that other guys did. They know Mike Hollins. They understand his story. So I'm, I'm curious to see sort of the way that all kind of works itself out. I think, you know, and I forget which one of you guys said it earlier, but, you know, second, third drive, you kind of hope like, okay, you're settled down a little bit. The game starts to come to you. Um, as I look at this team, I, there, there are a couple of things I want to focus on. You know, certainly it seems like um, coming, in, you know, as campus continued on, um, you know, that some of the things are falling into place maybe the way we expected them to, right? Um, despite, I think, Tony Elliott trying to do his best to, to keep um, people excited about a potential, um, you know, quarterback competition, I don't know if it's necessarily as, 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 um, as competitive um, as maybe some of those comments might imply, I fully expect it. Um, Tony Musket's going to be the guy. Um, and I, and I think he's probably the right type of guy for this specific situation, get, considering that I think he's going to be able to run the offense and run it well. I got to say, go, I, I'm actually fairly excited about what I'm going to see at wide receiver. Now, if you look around, um, the ACC and, and sort of the, the different know-it-alls who, no one all right there's a whole lot of folks who are really down on on the group as a whole but i kind of tend to think that like they've got enough pieces that i think fit well together that with some steady play at quarterback um can really sort of um can elevate exponentially what i mean by that is is that the the amount of like improvement that virginia's offense has to put out there in order for them to be you know better is not they don't have to be you know nine out of 10, you know, they don't have to blow, you know, the pro football focus numbers out of the water. They just have to be like mediocre to consistent. Right. And even that little bit of improvement will make a significant difference, especially, you know, given what I think they're going to have on defense. Kyle, as you look at this team, is there a position group that you're just really excited to see either because of what, you know, they're going to have coming back or because of what you're excited about the potential to see kind of filling in gaps. Can I say the greasy kid? No, I'm just kidding. You can, no, you um, can, no, I think that's a fair. No, you know, I know you're joking, but I think that's fair because, like, every time that dude gets a touch, it's like he does something. You know, he's like a lightning yeah, I, rod, you know? Who knows how they keep the stats in these uh, inner squad scrimmages, but I'd heard like 90 yards and a long touchdown from a walk on who played pretty well in the spree game. I was like, what? what's going on here? No, more substantively, I think the receivers, uh, you're right. Um, this is a little bit of a hot take. Uh, particularly if you would have heard it uh, this time a year ago. I think the starters, uh, probably the top four receivers we have this year, while not nearly as talented as our top four last year, will have a better and more productive season. Now, part of that is because I expect that they'll get more catchable balls um, than our guys get did last year. But I think Malik Washington is going to produce more than Billy Kim did last year. I think Malachi Fields is going to put up bigger numbers than anybody uh, put up last year. And I think that uh, Jared Wilson and particularly uh, Demique Starling's ceiling are pretty high. Now, that might just be because Tony Musket looks like throws a pretty good deep ball. Um, you know, if Tony Musket's our quarterback in that Miami game, I bet we score. Uh, what was that, the first, second play of the game, <laughs> whatever it score. was. <laughs> right. Um, and I, so that gives me some real optimism. The pieces are certainly there. Um, the question mark, obviously, is whether or not Musket can stay clean. Uh, I will say on the the Elliot comment about uh, AC10 Calandria, um, I, I think Elliot sometimes being a new coach falls victim of being a little too honest in those pressers, and what he was saying is so, somewhat similar to what we said after the spring game. And man, this kid can ball. Yeah, he like, yeah, yeah Musket's the yeah. starter, but this yeah. kid can ball. I think, that, I think you're is, exactly right. Yeah, he's pressuring. Musket, just because he's the kind of guy that you'd like to see on the field if you can. Now, you're not going to roll a 17, 18-year-old freshman 
uh, to start in an ACC game. But he's doing some things in practice that make Musket think, hey, this thing isn't a given. And that's a really good problem to have. So uh, the receivers, because we've got, uh, I think, a pretty reliable uh, quarterback who's going to be able to get the, the ball and get them the ball on time. I think my hot take, Brett, if uh, what, what, what you got, Megan? My, Kyle knows this, Brad. My wife is nine months pregnant. If she comes downstairs while we're recording, our little girl will be named Calandria. And um, <laughs> that's just the bottom line. All right. So, uh, wait, 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 hold on. Sake, why, wait, why does he get, why, why does the kid get to name, be named Calandria, not like Brad or Kyle? Like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm offended. I'm, I'm, I'm very presently upset at this turn of events. The one chance I had to have some other person's child named after me, and I just completely lost it to AC10 for no apparent reason. I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm befuddled right now. It's a little girl. So well, okay, the, but Brad. Hey, the, look, there the, was a the, there. There are plenty of girls named Brad. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm a Brad myself. That's a story for another day. <laughs> Calandria, Andrea, Andrea is built into the Calandria, and I'm all about Fair. the hype. I, uh, um, I, I think he'll be a player at Virginia. If I can, if I can answer the same question with the same answer, I love these receivers. I think it's. You know, you you try to find. I try to find. I don't know if it's um, favorite pastime of anybody else's. I try to find pros on the roster. I think I think J.R. Wilson is uh, excellent. I mean, six four two twenty. Coach Hagen's raved about him. Uh, I think he's going to be the one to take that next step. Similarly, I've heard great things about Malik Washington that. Um, he should be um, dynamic in that spot. Um, maybe not Alameda Zacchaeus, but a step up from what we've had there in recent years. I love linebackers generally as a group. I grew up a Virginia fan, so I I like linebackers. Um, you know, it's a it's a group of guys who you you don't know who's going to separate. I think at this stage of the game, which is. Um, not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, competition's a good thing, but we're. I, I think the the most exciting uh, position battle is is place kicker. We got our our father of how many? Does he have two kids? I believe that's right. Yeah, 30, our our thirty four year old father of two. Um, I I love Will Betridge. I've gotten to know his family a little bit. They're they're great folks um, from Miami. Will was a high school teammate of. Deshaun Perry's, I think that's Will's gig, but I would love to be up in a game this year. Um, well, it will, I don't know how long it'll take to get there, um, but where we can get the uh, the 34-year-old to go out there and kick an extra <laughs> point or two, um, yeah. who's, who's really hacked his way into getting some, uh, getting some free time away from uh, home life and two little ones. I mean... <laughs> Sorry, babe. I gotta go to practice. I mean, yeah, that's, that's I'm sorry. I got I got to go on this road trip. You know what's funny is that he's living like all of our all of our dreams, right? All of us would like to have been married with a kid and be like, you know, maybe I just can go play football for a while. You know, I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna play football for a while. Yeah, it's hard um, to, to get out uh, and play nine at this point. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine. You know, a minute ago I thought Macon was gonna say, you know, growing up Virginia football fan. I, and being a linebacker, and I was picturing making six four, but forty, middle linebacker at stab behind his buddy Chris, and I, that one didn't quite compute. Well, I've got Megan, that Josh you... McCarron. I got a Josh McCarron frame. Um, <laughs> less about sixty pounds. Uh, no, uh, Brad, great job on all time Virginia teams. Um, I grew up watching James Ferrier and Jamie Sharper, and it's it's absurd um, that they were together, right? Like it's just absurd, right? And that, Wally like, Wally Rayner was on that team. Oh my god, um, it's just not fair. It's and, and and like how how anybody's supposed to measure up to those three dudes at line? At, come on, I mean it's not fair. It's just not fair. And, With apologies and to all like, the other guys who were great. We're just you know I'm just saying. Yeah, Byron Thweet, PJ Killian. I could go on, but no, I have. Uh, I've only put on a helmet, um, I think one time, and it was in the green light studios um, for some sort of shenanigans. No, I've I've never, I've never stepped into the football arena, Kyle. 
I uh, I played when I was a kid, and um, <laughs> I our our little league football team was like crazy good. Like didn't lose a game for like three years, and they played all over Southside Virginia. And basically, because of the the rules at the time, I mean, if you were second string, you actually got to play because the first string, you know, had to come out at a mandatory, you know, sub at you know, I think it was, I think I want to say it was twenty eight, maybe it was thirty five, um, and we beat the snot out of everybody. And so I got to play a lot of football um, that I definitely did not earn. Right. I only, I was only in the game because, you know, more talented players have put a bunch of points on the board. And so, um, you know, I had a lot of fun doing that, but I had enough, I, I, I was smart enough to know that that was not my future. Um, you, you're not supposed to be, you know, you're, when you're big, you're not supposed to be, but so slow. And um, you, you know, you can't, you can't continue on at that rate. So um, I guess I ha- that means, my two years under center for the Belton junior high Tigers uh, as the A team quarterback makes me uh, far and away the most knowledgeable of the football analysts uh, on this here pod I mean, tonight. There are uh, lots of things that might make you the most knowledgeable. I don't know if that's necessarily the, no, the that box that gets that checked. Wouldn't <laughs> that wouldn't qualify. No, honestly, you know, it's funny because, you know, talking to you know, Dave and Ferber do this thing sometimes where they'll be like, do you remember that third and seven against Georgia Tech in 2001? And I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, that is just not a skill I have. Like, I, I don't have the recall for, like, some random, you know, pitch right. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I, I don't have it like that. But I feel like you, they do, and I feel like you both probably could. Like, you you probably can remember specific down and distance, maybe even hell a clock, too, um, and that, you know, I'm, if, if that's the, if, that, if that's the metric then I'm out, cause I just, I do not have that. And, and I don't think I, uh, I don't think there's a time for you to develop that, you know, like you either have that or you just don't. And I bet you, you both could like, if I just tossed out uh, a game or something, you probably could tell me roughly when, you know, what the play was or, or something like that. That's just not a, that's not a thing I'm going to be able to do, unfortunately. Um, Speaking it's of- not really a skill I have. I, I, oh, really? I'll, I'll mention I'll mention one game just because Kyle's talking about his Texas roots. Uh, pouring rain in pouring Charlottesville in uh, in '96, and uh, Tiki just running rough shot. And, and there's one play. It was like a 40 yard touchdown run that I won't forget where he he weaves in and out. Um, then gets going and and spins off a guy at about the twelve, and then just sort of falls. If if one can fall while keeping his balance, falls into the end zone while keeping his balance. And um, there's certain plays like that stand out. Should have gotten them the year before in uh, yeah. in '95. Phil Phil Dawson made a kick that may or may not have gone over the uprights, but depends on who you man, talk to. You think <laughs> the uh, that that '95. Um, with at Michigan, at Texas, and then you get Georgia in the Peach Bowl. I I wish we were a bit further along in the process this year because Tennessee and Nashville, though it'd be cooler if it were at Neyland, in my opinion. Tennessee and Nashville is cool. At Maryland, um, as a non-con, it's pretty cool. And then JMU, I'm terrified about, and I'm afraid it's not going to be so cool, but it's a game people have been clamoring clamoring for for a long time. So it's a pretty cool non-conference slate along the lines of those, uh, that, that 95 season. There's no trip to uh, East Hartford, Connecticut, and, and Rentschler Field this season. So I wish we were um, – uh, who knows? I, I could be surprised, um, but it's, it's uh, an enticing non-conference slate at the very least. So in this, in this, uh, in the real, in the in the world that we live in, the likelihood of UVA being able to pull off that upset probably pretty nil. But it it is kind of fun to think about, sort of like how crazy it would be um, if they did. Now, obviously, everybody would just be just dogging the crap out of Tennessee for for it. But and it would take a while before anybody really believed UVA was was legit. But that is that is an interesting uh, angle and one I had not considered, which is um, there is a. There's some there's some some fun uh, in there if you if you can find it. The question is maybe putting it all together. Um, obviously, you know we've talked a lot about you know because we all kind of agreed about the uh, the wide receivers on the defensive side. I feel like 
this is a defense that is just sort of made to um, to be consistent. I feel like you know from a depth standpoint, there's a lot of um, you know if they've got a lot of pieces back that you know guys who played substantial reps last year guys who have been in college football for a while they did a nice job kind of going out and getting some transfers to plug some holes you can't lose a kid like nick and think that you're going to be able to just plug somebody else in and so i'm not going to pretend that that's a you know a reality but i do think that if you're going to lose a kid like nick having a front that looks like this front is probably a good first step in the right direction unless you're going to have a guy uh who you know is just straight out of central casting to replace him um, who has, you know, um, who has all the bona fides somehow. Okay, fine. But otherwise, you know, a front like this is a good, is a good place to start. I, I think that in the grand scheme of things, that defensive front seven is probably going to um, be counted on to, to um, in some ways to do less than it did last year, simply because I do think the offense will be improved. I think that's probably the underrated aspect of what happened on the offense last year is that I just don't think, you know, when you look back on it and I'm, and I'm not trying to, um, to throw stones here. Um, but I, I just think that what we saw at quarterback last year, not only was, was it an issue on the field, but I think it was an issue everywhere. Right. I think it was an issue with the team and that kind of thing. So I, I think that the offense is going to be better simply through change, right? Simply through, having somebody else um, making those calls and somebody else doing that job. Um, when you, when you pair that with a defense, I think that is this, this, this talented has this kind of depth. Um, I, I mean, I genuinely, the defense is a thing that gets, that gets me excited. Again, I, I, I don't know how you go out replacing a kid like Nick, but I do think that that defensive front, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Chico was actually back, um, you know, relatively soon. Um, I know there are a lot of folks that, are really nervous about um, sort of where he will be in the in the grand scheme of things. I, I won't be surprised at all. Um, hell, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played in the opener. Um, but at this point, I just I, I just like the talent and the mix of guys they've got on defense. Are you? Does that help with with the Because I think everybody sort of is approaching the season with the same sort of um, almost like realistic uh, simplicity, right? In the sense that like we all kind of understand it's going to be a tough a tough go. Um, it could be a, a heavy lift, but there are parts of this that actually kind of genuinely excite me. Uh, and the defense and just the overall skill talent, um, you know, on that side of the ball is, is part of it. Kyle, is there, is there a specific, I don't know, position group that you like more than any other on this defense? Is it really just John Rosinski and what his, uh, his group did last year? They get, just give you a lot of faith in what they can do this year. What's your, what are your, your general thoughts on the defense? Yeah. You know, for every time that, I turned around and faced sort of your your direction uh, at our offensive coordinators and shrugged after a play call. Like, what are you, what are we doing? Uh, I think I took for granted the number of times that Rudd's defense really kept us in some games and made some big plays. They really and that did, was after right? just a uh, that was just after a few short months with these guys, right? Pretty much the entire defensive line is is back. Um, and you look at last year, and sure the record is what it is, but you had a couple games where if the offense is just marginally more bought in then um, maybe you probably beat Miami um, at minimum. You might find a, a win or two there. And as Bronco used to often say, and many other coaches do football often comes down to four or five, six plays. Right. Um, and the offense is, excuse me, the defense is going to put us in a position where if the offense can execute the slightest, those four or five, six plays could break our way this year in a way that they didn't last year. Um, it starts up front with being able to stop the run. Um, that's the tough thing about Tennessee first is they're going to, they're going to try to have eight offensive drives in the first half. Right. And it's all through the air. Um, so we're not, I don't know to what degree we're going to know how good the defensive front is in that game. Cause I doubt they're going to have the time to get to the quarterback. And I don't Fair, think they're going right. to see the run yeah. a whole lot, uh, unless the thing's out of hand early. Um, but could we go up to Maryland and Maryland can't convert a third and two um, a couple of times and we've got a chance because of that. Yeah. That's what the defensive line gives us. Yeah. Making, I feel like Kyle's got onto something here. The idea that like, even if the first game doesn't go their way, you know, that it, that, that things set up not necessarily terribly after that. Now, granted 
you know, they might go up there and, and Maryland smacks them. I mean, that that could be a thing that happens. And you're, to your point earlier, JMU, listen, I, I am a JMU grad. I can tell you unequivocally that folks who love JMU, who poll for JMU, will be very, very interested in the outcome of this game. And they will not let us hear the end of it, um, especially those of us who are JMU grads who love UVA. Um, but in terms of the, like, it, it wouldn't take a whole lot, right, for them to, to do a little something. And even if they surpass the expectations, it's not, they don't have to, like, win nine games for it to be a successful season. Do you have a sense in internally, like what, what will feel like success to you? And, and I, and I know that's a little bit of a loaded question because I, I'm going to let you define what success is. Um, but do you have, do, do you have a sense of that or do you need to sort of see it go as the season goes in order to get a sense of like whether or not that, that win loss record was really earned and not given? Uh, I want to see a plan offensively i want to see it look more intentional uh better conceived um even if it's not effective um you know i think this team could be improved but the record might not reflect the improvement and that would be okay um uh you know, so that's sort of the, the 30,000 foot view. As far as results, I'd really like to, to win the, the Commonwealth. There are, um, have a winning record in the Commonwealth yeah. of our right. three games with, with JMU, William and Mary and tech. And of course you always want to beat tech, but, um, you know, they, they, they can't hurt me more than they've already hurt me. So, um, oh, don't say I, that. Uh, I, don't, I don't say that. that. That's not good. Don't do I, that. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's JMU is, is, is the game that's going to tell us how this thing is going to go at least early on. I mean, you, you lose that. And I think 0 and 4 is a very real possibility. Um, you, you get that one and you, and you move forward with some confidence. So, um, I, you know, at this stage in the process, I agree with Kyle. It does feel like a year one. I'm not as worried about, win loss i just i want to see a better plan um and uh i um you know six and six is going to look a lot different than two and ten um um, needless to say and and it can't come down to a few plays but um it, it was just uh a little too haphazard more often than not last season so um you know, you don't need to, you don't need to win the coastal. You don't need to go bowling. Just have it look like a little bit, uh, a better old machine this year than last. I agree with that. Brad, here's what I want to see. I'm going to answer that question. All right. What you Tennessee got? is what it is. Jamie, you'd love to win that. Um, Maryland, I want to see Chris Long go out and um, do the coin flip for us. Scare the heck out of that quarterback. Uh, bury the kid into the ground. And then Friday, September 22nd, 7.30, UVA wins the toss. We defer. Brennan comes out. Love the guy. <laughs> he did a lot for us, okay? But. Brennan's in the shotgun. He takes a one-step drop. He has lazy mechanics. He throws a five-yard out, pick six to the house. The Who's take down NC State. People start showing up at Scott Stadium. I don't know what's going to happen after that, but if I get those two things, I'm good. I'm good until the last game of the year. <laughs> That is a very, very specific prognostication, and I appreciate it. And that. also quite plausible when it comes to that lefty throwing a pick six uh, on the first. Or, or you know, I thought I was being kind earlier trying to say like, yo, you know, but no, you're exactly right. And look, I, I think people, and I, I've said this on other podcasts or alluded to it at least, like a lot of what you saw last year was not into to, to what Macon said a minute ago, the haphazardness, like they were trying to figure out any way possible to get anything they could. And it just didn't happen. Um, having a serviceable quarterback in and of itself, like I don't need Aaron Rodgers back there right now. I just need somebody who's not going to throw the thing to the other team to score more points than he's going to throw to the actual team to score points. Um, yeah. Now, I, maybe, I, more, more substantively body language. Yeah, from a the bit. team. Yeah, a little bit. Um, buy-in from the team, and and what you hear around town is that that's what we're getting. 
in camp. If I remember right around this time last year, you started to hear a little bit of grumbling of like, oh, I don't – maybe some of these guys that have been here for a little bit, uh, you know, new coaches, maybe that doesn't fit. Maybe things aren't going so well. Um, the vibes are pretty good right now uh, on the buy-in. The other thing I want to see, though, from the coaching staff is body language. Mm, uh, I want to see a coaching staff that is that is ready to lead, uh, that is accountable, um, and shows that to their players and to a fan base that still isn't sure, right? Um, yeah, that's fair. Got a year, got a year under their belt, um, and it's a little you know, lazy, hot takeish. I want to see body language and and buy in, but I, I I really think that first home game you're going to get a better sense of where this team is mentally. Mm. And how camp went, and how the rest of the year is going to go, based upon just those little things that you can often only see in the stadium. Yeah. What are we looking like on the on the sideline? Um, are the plays getting in promptly? Are we avoiding false starts? Just those some of the basic procedural stuff uh, alongside uh, a team that looks like okay, we've had a good camp. We know what we're trying to do. To Megan's point. Uh, we've got a plan uh, and we're going to do our best to execute it. Yeah. I think what's, what's interesting to me, and I think I've said this on the show, but, but Tony Elliott year one at UVA, he didn't coach UVA as it was year one at UVA. He coached it like it was like whatever year at Clemson, just like Bronco didn't coach year one at UVA. Like it was year one at UVA. And I think he said as much, he coached it like it was like year 11 or whatever at BYU. Right. And I think that there has to have been some, um, you know, some some tweaks, some some changes, some um, recalibration, so to speak, right? In terms of the bigger picture, um, and I, I think that from my, from from my, I'll answer the question too. For me, success is, you know, and I'm not trying to steal um, Macon's answer here, but to me, success is looking like you know what you want to do and working towards that in earnest, right? And what I mean by that is, look, defensively, we know who Rudd is. We've seen them do what they want to do we've we know what that blueprint looks like and we know that it can be successful right they were pretty solid even with an offense that was doing everything they could to ruin the defense's day right and I think offensively because of Tony's background certainly because of um, the way that he coaches he, he very clearly wants to be more involved probably than he should be and I would like to see him maybe taking a step back. I would like to see him being much more about the team as opposed to kind of zeroing in on, you know, specific positions. Um, so I would like to see him let Mims kind of coach his guys. I don't know if he did enough of that with Biscuit, and that's probably one of the reasons why um, they had a coaching change there, right? Um, but I think that overall what I want to see is from this team is, is literally like, hey, we're going in this direction, and this is the way it's going to work. And maybe it's not always successful. Maybe – you know, they're not executing it um, at the, you know, the peak of their ability, but I at least want to see a plan that seems like it makes sense. You know, I borrow this from Dave all the time, but not, you know, a lot of times you watch teams, coaches, and you see sentences, but you don't see paragraphs, right? I would like to see some paragraphs. Maybe, maybe they're not always complete, but I would like to at least look like there's something um, to it. Before I get you guys out of here, I want to I know we're, you know, it's preseason football. We're supposed to talk about football all the time, but, um, you know, I don't really care. So I can do what I want. Um, if you had to, I, I, I want to look at some of the other um, sports are around the um, department. Kyle, this is this is your question to shine. No disrespect, Megan, if you're really big into insert name of Olympic sport here. Um, but I'm going to ask you guys if you had to kind of zero in on one sport, the one you're most excited about beyond football right just throughout you know this this coming you know full academic year um I mean personally you know it's hard for me not to pick Tony Bennett and the boys simply because I'm fascinated by the way they've rebuilt that roster um but I'll put it out to you Kyle I'm gonna I'm gonna let make an answer this question no actually no Kyle I'm gonna start with you first because you you could probably say nine teams um because you seem to have like an encyclopedic ability to know things about Olympic sports that I like cannot even dream of. Do you have a specific sport that you're the most excited about? Or is it like a tie? You're going to smuggle like three different teams in here. So you got to take uh, basketball off the table. I think that's an obvious one. Uh, particularly with the word out of the Jay Willie, uh, Jeff white podcast that um, 
Oh gosh, I just blanked, blew his knee. Sounds like he's ready to go. Uh, incoming Elijah Gertrude. Gertrude. Yeah. Thank you. Sounds like Gertrude's good to go and some good things about boss. I'm just going to take basketball off the board. I'm going to make two plugs. Connor Schellenberger at Klockner and Kaimora Johnson at John Paul Jones Arena. The fact that, and I'm going to pivot here to the, the, the women's basketball team, Mox is putting together a, some great recruits. And what's exciting about that program is that they're local recruits. Uh, Brunel being from Rutgersville, hopefully being healthy this year. Uh, Kaimora Johnson at St. Anne's. Um, we got another uh, incoming freshman who I believe was a five-star uh, from, I want to say, Greene County. Um Building that local Olivia McGee, uh, building that local fan base in a sport that I think that Charlottesville has shown, the UVA community has shown, it's pretty interested in. It's going to be fun to see Vox put that thing together. And when you've got all these local folks, there's an people are going to come and see the the kids that they watch growing up, uh, and they're within a 30, 45 minute drive to do it. So seeing what she builds uh, at John Paul Jones Arena starting in the late fall, early winter is is what I'm really looking forward to. Totally fair. All right, Macon, what you got? Kyle, uh, Olivia from uh, Mineral. That would be Louisa County. We need to get you uh, up get on him. your Central Virginia geography. I think <laughs> I think that's a, a hell of an answer. I won't take men's basketball off the table. Uh, Andrew Rohde, uh, yeah, all of that. Blake Buchanan, Gertrude. Um, I, I think it's going to be – one of the most exciting basketball seasons of the Tony Bennett era. Um, everybody likes a title defense. Why not men's tennis? Let's get this. Let's get this rolling under Coach Pedroso. Easy for me to say. Um, um, Brian Boland 2.0. Let's um, let's just keep going. It doesn't matter what seed we are in the tournament. We just we win tennis matches when it matters in that tournament. And uh, I'll uh, I'll sprinkle on some some women's lacrosse. Uh, new era, pressure's off. Go out there, have some fun. Um, but yeah, I I'd be lying if I said I don't think about that uh, that loss in the lacrosse uh, semis. Kyle and I we've only known each other a, a few months. Um, we uh we have a, a really good mutual friend and we were at Virginia at the same time but um didn't know each other until recently and um I've I've never met a Virginia fan um with a fandom as similar to mine as as Kyle. And he said, you know, come on over, watch the uh the Virginia Notre Dame semifinal and um boy do I regret that. Uh, we, uh, he was, a he was a, a gentleman, a great host, but, um, man, there, I, I still think about that game. I still think about that, uh, that good decision to take that shot. We're in the weeds here now. Um, but no, um, I'll, I'll never forget Kyle's basement. Just like I won't forget my dad's friend who, uh, lives in Virginia beach. We went to watch that, uh, Michigan game in 95 at his, his house. Guy's name is Guy Tower. I'll never forget it. I'll never forgive that, that guy for, uh, for hosting. Um, what I'm, what I'm hearing is that watch. you need to start not watching at other people's houses. I think that's what I'm hearing. You didn't need to be that's in the stadium or you need to just watch at your crib. Cause Clearly, you, what's funny is that when I was a kid, if if a friend of mine went with us to a UVA game, um, and UVA lost, that friend could never come back, right? Yeah, my friend Craig Bryant came with me to the NC State game. It was colder than dirt. Um, that was the I think, I'm pretty sure that was Shaw Rivers, right? And they lost, and like we had joked with him before the game, like, look, if they lose, like you're never coming back. Like this is not, you know. My, my my dad's best friend who we went to games with was like, yeah, you're never coming back. I mean, he was dead serious, but like he said it in a quasi joking way. And we're like on the way home and like we didn't nobody talked the entire time. Like if we lost, nobody spoke. Right. And Craig, Craig leans over me. And goes, so I guess I'm really not coming back. And yeah, no, it was an emphatic yes in the car. No, you are definitely not ever coming back. Um, well, so Brad, no, if the 
if the Duke baseball super regional taught us anything, <laughs> the power of making it in Matus. That's true. If you will. Killer M's over the there. Two of us sitting next to one another at the game, making sure that the uh, stud baseball player there, Alex Mooney, knew that we were there. Isn't that Mooney was, like a millionaire now? Didn't it didn't didn't he just sign like the other week? Mooney went sixth, seventh round, I believe. Um, but he took, that, think that when, he took more money, I guess, than the than the than the spot would have forecast. Yeah, that, right. You got to think that after uh, just being embarrassed by two, you know, late thirty dads uh, at a baseball game, he got back on the grind after the season, and uh, whoever drafted him there picked up on it. He 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 showed that he's a resilient young man uh, who can bounce back from just getting made fun of by a couple of dads in the crowd. For those who are unaware, um, my, my, my two guests on this here show this evening, um, <laughs> I don't want to say you were mean to him, but I know Macon would probably, uh, give, given the, the way he, he, he told this, uh, he recounted this uh, interaction uh, on his other podcast. Like, um, <laughs> the way the way you you told that story it, i would maybe think that you would tell me you were you were mean in a couple spots because there were some moments it sounded like where you thought maybe you'd gone over the line uh in in heckling this poor kid um but he he took it all in in good fun do do you guys want to do you guys want to try to uh to put to put that together from both points of view because i've heard it from makins i have not yet heard it fully from from kyle's uh, do you want to give people the like, um, not necessarily like the 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 quick version, but give me give me your give me your version of it, Macon, uh, and Kyle, you can just uh, jump in there whenever n- necessary. But essentially, the scene is is that you guys are at the game. Like, how did Mooney even come on your radar to be the guy that you were going to be heckling the crap out of? Like, how did how did this poor kid come to to come a, you know across your transom? This this poor kid because he's a showboat. He's a he's a look <laughs> at me. Now he happens to be my favorite baseball player. He's in the he's in the who's accepted. He's in the Cleveland Guardians organization. And I'm thrilled that the young man took the money as opposed to returning to Duke. But he runs out of the the dugout and he's dancing. Um, Sounds like know, he's having a good he, time to me. But you know, he was having a great time, and and he is legitimately what's what's awesome about college sports because he gets up to the plate and he does this fake little lunge towards the pitcher it's it's like what are you what are you doing pal (laughs) but he he does get the attention of the of the 30 something dads in the crowd and what's great about kyle among many things it's a long list is his booming voice and he's got uh good timing and that weekend, he, he had the aid of a good writer and me, I would like to say, um, just fleshing out um, some talking points for not only Mooney, but the first base coach who, who let um, a guy get picked off. You know, he heard back about, about 55 times after that, <laughs> that happened. But no, the, what I regretted was Mooney – on first base or, or running to first base tweak something. That's and, right. He sprung um, a giblet. That's right. That's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. And it, and it looked to me to be a Rod Tidwell situation where he was hamming it up a bit. He was on the ground a little too long for what I had determined from 10 rows up to be not that serious an injury. In your, in your very he, experienced medical opinion. <laughs> he runs out of full speed out of the dugout to go to short right after this takes place. So I, I just filed that away. And uh, after the game, he's got the biggest ice pack you've ever seen on this calf or shin or knee. And so I say to Kyle, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to go walk down at the, uh, toward the dugout and, and say something. And Kyle, the little soldier he is joined me. And, uh, the Blue Devils had huddled up in the right field corner, and after a loss to to tie the series was tied at one. And um, you know, I I'm just clapping. They the huddle breaks. They're going back to their locker room, and uh, I just start saying, "Where's Mooney? You know, is Mooney all right? Has anybody seen Mooney? Have you checked on Mooney? Because he's I see him, but he's lagging behind his teammates by 
10 or 15 feet uh, because he's just, he's, he's, he's wounded so, so badly. Um, and so then Mooney eventually catches up. I think it was one middle finger and maybe he mouthed an FU. I don't think it was a double bird, but the Duke AD stepped in the middle, um, stepped in front of him to save him from doing any more damage. I think, I think I was done at that point, but I texted Kyle about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes later um, that I had, that I regretted it and not, not really <laughs> a little bit because you're making fun of a college kid who's half your age, who just got dinged on the field, but more so because I was like, damn those baseball gods. Um, if they come back to get us tomorrow and, and he goes five for five, um, you know, I'm going to have to, link out of this stadium uh fortunately virginia got it done and went on to on to omaha and i i won't forget those three games with my with my very good friend kyle um but yeah uh maybe not our 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 finest moment there specifically but a weekend <laughs> full of barbs that i think um you know we were the men in the arena just like the kids in the uniforms <laughs> You were <laughs> we yeah uh, we we kept it light other than that moment uh, and I will say game three uh, once we put the five spot up in the second we started to back off because you're thinking this might be this kid's last game in a Duke uniform and and some of these other guys it's their last game to ever play baseball right and I remember what that felt like so we did back off at the appropriate time uh, the telling moment to me was I got a text message from my wife who was not at the game and it was from uh, a mutual friend of Megan and I's had text message. My wife, Tori, said, hey, it's, it's Kyle at the game. I, I think I can hear him. <laughs> I said, oh, no, if this got back home. I think this was game one, too. I said, oh, no, if this got back home, oh, I'm in trouble. But a few hours later, I was at the pool uh, with my two-year-old, you know, splashing around, having a good old time. And another one of these uh, dads comes up. He's like, hey, great performance today. You're going to have to keep that up through the weekend. And uh, that's when I thought, <laughs> okay. The the town is behind me. The university's behind me. I've got to give our best. Uh, we did transition to going after the coach, who's probably also younger than we are. Um, and that <laughs> felt a little bit better than going after the 20-year-old. But, At least he's uh, getting paid. You know, Mr. That's right. That's right. Um, Mr. Uh, insert plug about the basketball team at Duke and going to the community college and living in million-dollar houses here. But um, – Mr. Mooney uh, replied he was better uh, than Macon and I with the DM to Macon and and uh, acknowledging the whole thing. And he gave us um, the okay through that for us to continue to have a, a good old time with him throughout the weekend. Uh, for folks that's, who are that, unaware, that's right. it's the June 13th episode of uh, Greenlight where Macon recounts this and what I genuinely believe was one of the more incredible stories um, heard told on a podcast. I, I genuinely could not stop laughing. Uh, the entire time. So if you uh, have not, if you're, if you're not aware, go, go find that. Um, it uh, is very much well worth your time. Kyle's right to tie a bow in that story. Mooney did reach out and said that he uh, respected the church. So that's when I, I, I gave him the Michael Scott, Jeff saying, Oh no, 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 no. I, I can't believe you're actually a good kid. This, uh, <laughs> Which is how he's on your worse. list of the UVA accepted favorite players. You know, that's right. That's right. Hey, but what, what makes is leaving off here is that oh. he gets the DM. He sends me the screenshot said, Hey, here's what Mooney had to say. What do I do? And I don't think I had a very good substantive response, but what Macon did was he left him on red for the night. That's let him right. think about it. So he's laying in bed, getting ready for game two. Um, I'm sure that's what was happening. And, and uh, podcaster extraordinaire has not gotten back to him. And he and he's thinking about us all night. And that's got to have something to do with Mr. Mooney, I think, was a offer uh, in game two. And he was a one for four the rest of the week. And he just didn't show up. And I think making leaving him on red might have been the reason uh, the who's made Omaha. I don't know. Brad, my... You laugh, but I, I, I thought so hard about I what to you do. Did. I bet you but did. I think if I write back right away, he's he's yeah. got confidence going yeah. into that third game. But I, I left him on red overnight. So then he's like, oh, no, did I, you know, am I not a cool guy? 
And then I, I responded to him a couple hours before the game to soften him up. So I, I think that timing, well, clearly it, it was, it was correct. It, uh, yeah. There's some, there's some uh, post hoc or propter hoc happening here right now. Um, <laughs> that is a very niche uh, West wing joke f- for all of you out there. I just love, I don't know, Kyle, what's my favorite part that or where, earlier when you said that the, the, the town was behind you, this guy comes up to you at the pool and says great performance. And your initial inclination is not like, maybe I should back it down. You're like, hell no, push the pedal down harder. I appreciate that. About no, you. see, then game three, guy three rows behind me is like, hey, Kyle Matus. And he yells out my address. I was like, oh, gosh, how's this he guy yelled, where I live? Wait, out, he yelled out your address? That's not creepy. He yelled out there. my address, and here's he gave why. up your OPSEC? What an, is that about? He had given me an estimate on uh, repaving my driveway. And I, and I said, hey, how are you? How about 20% off if we win this series? Wow. And he says, he says to the whole section, he says, hey, anybody in 108, 20% off of your paving needs if the Who's go to Omaha. See, that's that's the community being behind you right there. Well, wait, did you, did you collect? Um, I sent him a signed contract two weeks ago and have not heard back. <laughs> <laughs> that is legitimately incredible. Oh my gosh. That is great. Oh man. Well, fellas, that's a perfect place to put a pen in it. If there ever was one. Um, damn, that was good. Oh, well, it, Kyle, please keep us abreast on, um, developments in this uh paving situation um i would very much like to update the listeners at some point as to whether or not the the gentleman made good on his 20 percent off coupon his, his vocal coupon that he uh gave to the entire section um but seriously fellas thank you very much for coming on the show talking about some uva sports obviously something near and dear to both of your hearts and i very much appreciate your time thank you very much thank you brad my pleasure Pleasure. Hey, women's swimming and diving, Brian Gavron, national championship. That's the other one. Don't forget those guys. Look at you just sneaking some stuff in right here at the gun. You're just going to, you know. I had to Claire Curzon uh, transfer from Stanford. All right, we're going to be there. We're going to be on the podium jumping into the pool at the end of the year. Our uh, our conference foe, the Stanford Stanford Cardinal. <laughs> our conference foe. Love it. Um, Kyle, <laughs> if people ever find out what you look like and they realize how many sporting events you go to um, – you're you're in trouble because you you know you said the thing about the guy tossed out your your you know you know your address and he ruined your opsec or whatever. I mean, listen, there you 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 get a, a cult following doing these kinds of things. You know that, right? You're aware of this. This happens. You know, uh, if if I can't tell you which county is where here in Central Virginia, I still got a long way to go. Hey, listen, <laughs> there's this old man at Duke who just waves a towel around and everybody knows him. Okay. You go to Cameron, you see that dude. Am I wrong? Am I wrong making? Like everybody knows that guy. You know? Yeah. Uh not a not a spring chicken either. No, he's fella. he's been doing this a while and people love it as much as they love that song, which I I can't no, we're not talking about that stupid song. All right. I was I was getting ready to let you guys go. Uh and I should do that now before this uh <laughs> this devolves into me explaining why all the many reasons why I dislike the Blue Devils and everything to do with Cameron Indoor. Um, except for that it's on some level, it's actually cool, but actually makes me hate it more. Um, even the fact that they stick you in the, um, in that, um, crow's nest, which is just awful, uh, in every way, shape and form. Anyway, uh, Kyle Macon, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Hope to have you back, um, down the road. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brad. Absolutely. If you are somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating and review, we appreciate it. If you're somebody who's found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, check us out at castcorner.com. Plenty of stuff to, to read, plenty of stuff to, to watch, plenty of people to discuss all things UVA sports with. Before we get out of here, uh, I just want to mention this again. If you're somebody out there who likes to look up the names of folks in movies or TV shows, but the IMDB app frustrates the crap out of you. Check out call sheets in the iOS app store. Fast, respects your time, doesn't track you to death. Made by a real person and not a corporation. And that real person is a UVA football season ticket holder. So uh, I can at least vouch for that part of it, as well as the app, which, like I said last week, highly recommend. Uh, Give it a look. Check it out for free. It's called Call Sheet. Uh, It's in the app store. Um, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Macon and Kyle for giving graciously of their time this evening. I very much appreciate them coming on the show and talking some UVA sports. So, 
for making Gunter and Kyle Matus. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon. Yeah.